Bibles. Go with me to Luke in chapter 14. Luke in chapter number 14. Luke in chapter number 14. I'm going to have us stand together as we read the Word of God. We'll do that in reverence, of course, to God's Word. Luke chapter 14. And we're going to start with verse number 26. Luke chapter 14 and verse number 26. The Bible says this, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Verse 34, salt is good, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, I come to you uh, right now, and Lord, I thank you for, Lord, the blessed privilege of partaking of the Lord's Supper. I pray that, Father, we never forget what your Son did on the cross of Calvary. I pray that we keep that in front of us and understand that, Lord, he, he bore his cross. He endured the pain, and Lord, he's, he, because of that, Lord, he, he gave us a way to heaven. And Father, I pray that this morning that we turn our attention to your word and that we'd see that we also have a cross to bear. And that we'd see this truth, and Father, that it would be driven down deep into our hearts. And Father, not only would we see it, but Lord, we'd believe it and, and live it. Lord, I ask that you do a great work in your people today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you've got your Bibles, take them to 2 Samuel with me. 2 Samuel in verse, uh, chapter number 24. 2 Samuel in chapter number 24. And I believe we'll be finishing up here. Um, we'll be starting in Luke 14 and using that as our main text, but this is what we'll be using as we finish. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 21, it says, And Aruna said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said to buy the threshing floor of thee to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Aruna said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice, and threshing instruments, and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Aruna as a king give unto the king. And Aruna said unto the Lord, or unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Aruna, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor. And the oxen for fifty shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. This morning I want to ask you a question as we begin. And that question is why are you here? 
Why are you here? I'm going to jump mics, Jess. But why are you here? Maybe you're here this morning and you're seeking the truth. And I'll tell you this, if that's the case, you're in a good place. Christ gave us the living embodiment of the truth 2,000 years ago, walked among men sinlessly, gave His body to be broken, gave His blood to be shed, gave His life so that we could have eternal life. And praise God, what a wonderful blessing it is to, to have the truth. And maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe you're seeking earnestly the truth. Maybe you're here to be a to hindrance. Maybe you're here to scorn or mock. And I would hope that would not be the case, but in a group this size, there generally are some that are like that. But maybe you're here this morning because you desire to serve the Lord. If that's the case, this message is for you. You see, to serve God is the highest calling of life. To serve God is better than being the CEO of a major corporation. It's better than winning an Olympic gold medal. It's better than being rich or famous. It's better than holding a high position. Last night as I was putting some final thoughts and some finishing touches on the message, I began to think and I thought to myself, the highest position I hold today is not a husband, although that's a high title. The highest position I hold today is not father, although that's a high title. The highest position I hold today is not pastor, although that's a very blessed and honored position. The highest position I own this morning is the servant of God. And let me ask you again, why are you here? You see, this is a question that needs to be answered personally. The message that I'm going to give to you this morning is, is, is a hard message. Um, not in the manner that it's going to be delivered, but the truths that are going to be brought forth today. We see in that passage in Luke the Lord is very, very harsh. He opens up and our Savior says this. He says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's a harsh verse. In fact, to me, that's one of the most difficult verses in the Word of God. Now, I want you to understand what is taking place here. Jesus Christ was not saying, I want you to hate the brethren and hate your family and hate your own life. What He was saying is that I want you to love me so much that all else compared to it seems but hate. He said, I want you to love me in a manner that is above all. He said, I am to be prominent in your life. You are to give me the preeminence in every area. And folks, that's a, that's a difficult task to follow. But this morning, I'm asking you, why are you here? Why are you here? Number one today, and as far as following Christ, I want to say this. Number one, God is going to ask you to forsake all for Him. Number one this morning, God is going to ask you to forsake all for Him. There is going to come a point in your life when God puts you in a position where you have nowhere else to turn except Christ or the world. You'll be put in a place where if you make that decision, you don't know what's ahead because you are about to forsake everything you've ever known, everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever desired to follow Christ. You see, God is going to ask you to forsake all for Him. This morning, can I ask you this? Can you turn your back on friends and family for Him? 
Can you stand on your own two feet and follow Christ? Or does mama have to take you by the hand and do it for you? Men, does your wife have to get you ready to come to church? Does she have to say, honey, it's time to go? Or are you ready to follow? This morning, are you willing to forsake all to follow Christ? You see, I, I was faced with this many years ago, and I remember this. As a, as a teenager, I desired one thing with my life. I desired to make money. I'm not going to lie to you. I felt that I was highly intelligent. Amen? That's right. I thought that I had the ability to be successful. And I believe that to this day that God gave me that ability. God birthed that when I came into this world. I had a mind for it. I had the ability to do it. But one day God laid something on my heart and that was to follow Him. And I remember the day I walked an aisle and I said, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. And I had no buts attached to it. Until that point in my life, I had attached an awful lot of things. God, I will serve you. God, I'll be in church. God, I'll be your servant. But don't ask this. And I remember the day very well when I surrendered and said, God, you can have anything you want. And I'm going to tell you this this morning. That's a scary situation. Because what God asks could be the very thing that you desire. Now, I'm going to say this. God is not going to destroy your marriage. God is not going to kill your children. God is not going to wreck what God calls holy and good. And so get that in your mind today. Some people have this concept that if, if, if I give my life to God, my life as I know it is ruined. Now, that may be true, but I'll tell you this. What God gave you preciously in His Word, then those truths and those principles, those will never change. But when you give yourself to God, you have no concept of what He may ask of you. And I remember that. And I remember walking that aisle. And folks, God at that point in my life had not called me to any specific area. I had just come to a point where God had broken my heart. And I said, God, I'm yours. Do what you want. God laid it on my heart to go to a Bible college. And God laid it on my heart to become a pastor. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now, folks. If you're going to become a pastor, you young people in here, and you're doing that to get rich, don't be a Baptist. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right now. There ain't a lot of rich Baptist pastors, if, 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 that's, your, if that's your desire. You see, but God laid in my heart to become a pastor. And I remember telling my mother and my father that that was my desire. That's what I felt God wanted me to do, and my mom really thought I was nuts. All right? She did. She understood it. She'd been in church. She, she, she knew about how pastors, had, what they had to give and what they had to sacrifice. And my, my mom was not the most pleased person in the world with that decision initially. And I believe today she's very pleased with what God has done. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But at the time, she said, she said Andy, you, know, you really want to rethink this. I had the ability to make some money. I had the ability to go out and get what the world says is good. But I had to give it and be willing to forsake all for Him. Are you willing to lose friends of a lifetime to take a stand for Christ? Um, folks, we talked about this Wednesday night. I'm not worried about the world knowing what my opinion is on homosexuality. Now, you hang around me very long, you're going to find out. I want to take the gospel to the world. I want to take the good news to the world. But I'm going to tell you this, you hang around me for a while, you're going to start to know my views and opinions on biblical matters. Now, I'm not for preaching politics from the pulpit. I am for preaching truth from the pulpit. That's my personal opinion. I think you'll get over it. But I don't believe that homosexuality is right. I dead sure don't believe homosexual marriage is right. Now, I'm going to ask you today, are you willing to lose friends of a lifetime for that? 
You know, it's amazing to me, and it, it, it's sad, the status of our country, that Chick-fil-A, I wish we had one in town, amen, go eat some chicken. But Chick-fil-A, they're being tattooed by the media because their CEO doesn't believe that homosexual marriage is appropriate. He's done nothing to the homosexual crowd. He's done nothing to the homosexuals themselves. He's not gone out of his way to hurt one of them, defame one of them. He just takes a stand that is biblical. And yet for that stand, he has been absolutely... I mean, he's, he's lost business associates, I'm sure, of decades. He's lost close personal friends for, that have been his friends for years because of his stand on an issue. And this morning, I want to ask you, are you willing to forsake friends of a lifetime for Christ? Are you willing to stand against the garbage of the world or will you just pretend it's not there? Folks, can I tell you something? Our area has a drug problem. Our area, God forsake it, has an alcohol problem. If you don't believe me, go down today and drive by Highway 18 and look at where all them people are out there listening to country music and you will be absolutely depressed at the amount of alcohol consumed in the last four or five days. Stopped in a quick trip on Friday night after a Reformers Unanimous program, and we should have held it out there is where we should have held it. But I walked in there, and there was a man that was just drunk off his rocker buying an 18-pack of alcohol, asking how late they sold liquor, getting ready to go back out into his vehicle and drive. And I thought, God help us. That's what our world is. Are we going to idly stand by and just pretend it's not there? Or are we going to take a stand for Christ and say it's wrong and it's sin? Will you take a stand against the premarital sex of today or will you permit it to paint nice with your child's parents? You see, we, we don't like to talk about things that hit close to home. We like to pretend that it's okay. We like to say, well, everybody's doing it. It doesn't make it right. And this morning, I, I, want, I want you to know if you're going to follow Christ, you say, I'm here to serve God. Pastor, I'm, I'm not here to fill a pew this morning. Pastor, I'm not here to scorn or mock. Pastor, I'm not here for entertainment. Pastor, I'm not here for a good time. I'm here because I want to serve God. Good. Praise the Lord for that. But I want you to know that God is going to ask you to be willing to forsake all for Him. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have to turn your back on your friends. I'm not saying you're going to have to turn your back on your family. I'm not saying you're going to have to turn your back on your career. I'm saying you have to be willing to forsake all for Him. And that's what God, God is going to ask you. Secondly, this morning, and we see this in this passage, but God is going to ask you to carry a load. In Luke, in verse number 27 of chapter 14, He says, Whosoever does not bear his cross... And come after me cannot be my disciple. You see, God is going to ask you to carry a load. He said, I'm going to ask you to carry your cross. And i got to tell you something this morning. See, we, we, we as Christians, we like to talk about Matthew chapter 11 where it says, Oh, come on to me and all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Praise God for it. Praise God that He gives rest. Praise God that He gives it. But you need to finish the passage. He says, take my yoke upon you. You see, my friend, Jesus didn't come to this world so we could have a life of ease. Jesus came to this world so we could carry our cross, so we could fulfill our purpose, so we could accomplish His will for our lives. 
And this morning, I want to ask you, are you you here because you want to serve God? Because God is going to ask you to carry a burden. We talk about rest in the Lord and praise God for it. But the burdens, and i got to say this today, that many of us carry are silly. We say, oh my God, life is so hard. You're not carrying His cross. You see, God in His infinite mercy and in His infinite will and His foreknowledge, He said when that individual is born, I have a purpose for their lives. And folks, i got to tell you, most of us today are not accomplishing the will of God for our lives. We are not carrying His cross. We are carrying a cross or we're carrying a burden of our own making. God, before we were born, had a purpose for our life. He had a burden that we were to carry. He had a yoke that was prepared just for me. And he said, it's easy and it's light. But he said, I I have prepared something for you. And today, some of us in our minds and in our hearts, we need to understand that some of the burdens we're carrying were never intended for us by God. James tells us to cast all our care upon him for he careth for you. You need to get rid of some of the burdens that you're carrying today so you can carry your cross. You see, we carry the burden of the guilt of past sin. We carry the guilt of divorce. We carry the guilt of immorality. We carry the guilt of addictions. We carry the guilt of godless thoughts. We carry the guilt of jealousy or envy, greed. We carry the guilt of grudges. We carry the burden of careers. We carry the burden of jobs. We carry the burden of poor finances. We carry the burden of, a, of another car, of another automobile, another house, a bigger, a bigger thing, a bigger something, a greater, you name it. God didn't intend that for you. What God intended for you was your cross. And folks, i got to tell you, today it's time some of us took the burdens that we have been carrying that God never made for us and just cast them to the side and say, Lord, they are not for me. That is not my burden. It's not my burden to carry the past of my sin. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. When you accepted the blood of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And yet you walk with it. Some of you today, you need to come to an altar and you need to let go of that grudge that you've been carrying for the last two or three years. You've been carrying a grudge. Maybe it's against someone in this building. I don't know. But you have something in your heart that you hold against another man or another woman and you cannot physically see them without being frustrated, without being angry, without being sick in your stomach. And i got to tell you today, some of you need to let go of that burden because there's a cross you are meant to carry. Folks, I look at us and I wonder how many of us are carrying the cross that he had in mind when I was born. How many of us are bearing the yoke Oh, Pastor, I'd love to serve God, but but my finances. God has a plan for your finances. Start following it. Let the rest take care of itself. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand, man. My marriage. Pastor, I got divorced. It's funny. God can use a murderer, but he can't use a divorced man or woman. What's wrong with God? God limited by your sin? God limited by, forgive me, your stupidity? Is God limited by your limitations? I don't believe so. Not at all. We limit God because we refuse God. You see, if you're going to be a servant of Christ today, God's going to ask you to carry a load. It's the cross you were meant to carry. It's the burden, it's the load that He intended for you. 
as I was looking at these notes last night and again getting my, my mind set and turn the phone off, please. He's going to ask you to carry a load. And that load, my load, number one, is to be a servant of God. You say, Pastor, come on now. You, you, you know, you, I, got, I got bigger and better things to do. I know you do. You're, you're important, right? I mean, you, 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 you run your own company. You're a big shot. You, you're somebody. You know, you make a lot of money in a fiscal year. Hey, you're somebody in your place of employment. No, no, no. The highest priority you have is a servant of God. That's the load he's asked me to carry. The load my God has asked me to carry, secondly, is that to be a husband, that to be a father. Then he's asked me to be a part of this body, this local church, to be the under-shepherd. And it's high time some of us this morning realize we are to carry our cross. We're more infatuated with country on the river than with church on Sunday. We're more in love with Michael Phelps than we are with our spouse. We are more interested in Tom Cruise's children or child than in our own kids. We are more interested in our work than in God's work. You see, folks, i got to tell you this morning, he's going to ask you to carry a load. And I wonder, what kind of load are we bearing? I mean, what are we really concerned about today? What is really on our heart? Is it the fact that there's a lost and dying world? Is it the fact that people need to get right with God? Is it, the, is it the burden of seeing God's work progress? Or are you more concerned about your job tomorrow? Are you more concerned with a medal count of some every four-year activity? Are you more concerned about whether anybody found out whether you went to country on the river this weekend or not? Are you more concerned about the things of the world than the cross you were meant to bear? You say, well, pastor, I mean, come on now. I can do what I want. You're right. You have a free will. God designed you that way. But I asked you this morning, why are you here? Why are you? See, some of us have been deceiving ourselves. Some of us have been playing a game. Some of us have been looking in the mirror and saying, oh, you love the Lord. No, you don't. Because Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said, if... It, if you love me, you'll forsake all. He said in, these, in this passage in Luke, if you're not willing to forsake everybody in your life, you are not fit to be called my disciple. Do you understand? Folks, those aren't my words. Those are the words of our Savior. Jesus Christ Himself said, you need to understand something. To follow me is going to take something in your life. This morning, are you willing to drop your worldly cares and pick up your cross and follow him. Thirdly, and this is where we come to 2 Samuel. And folks, it's okay. I'm going to go a couple minutes long today. But I promise you this. If one of those acts last night came out for another encore, everybody would have cheered. So since I'm going into overtime this morning, you're welcome to cheer. Amen? 2 Samuel. Oh, you're terrible. Yeah. That was fickle at best. 2 Samuel chapter 24. Yeah, you're going to change your mind in about five minutes. I know it. We have one honest man here today. In this passage, David has committed a sin. The entire nation is being judged for his sin. 
And folks are dying because of his sin. The angel of the Lord has brought a plague on the land. And David has come to a place where he's basically face to face with that angel of death. And David's heart is broken. David's heart is repentant. And David meets a man by the name of Aruna. And Aruna, here he owns, he's a rich man, wealthy man. He owns a threshing floor and he owns a, a head of oxen. And boy, he's got things together. And David meets Aruna here at this threshing floor. And the angel of God, that angel of death is right there. And Aruna comes to David and he says, David, he says, here. He said, you want to offer a sacrifice to God? It needs to be done. David, here, here's the threshing floor. Here's the instruments. Break them to make an altar. David, here's the oxen. They're yours. Take them. And David looks at that godly man in the Bible says that Aruna as a king gave to the king. David said, that's not right. He said, I can't accept that. He said, if I'm going to offer anything to God, it has to cost me something. He said, I will pay you full price for this. And thirdly, this morning, my friend, I want to say this, that if you're going to follow Christ, God is going to ask you to pay a price. God is going to ask you to pay a price. I, I'm not going to pretend to know what that price is. That price may be your finances. Maybe God is going to ask you to give of that hard-earned cash to Him. And I'm not talking about the 10% that's already His. I'm talking about the 90% He lets us keep. Maybe God is going to lay it on your heart to do something with that, that, that money that you have. You say, well, well, I'm going to save it up for my retirement. Folks, you're going to grow old, live in a nursing home, and the government's going to get your money. I hope you understand that. You better do something wise with it. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Too many of us are focused on the here and now instead of the then and beyond. I mean, we need to wake up. Maybe God's going to ask you of your time. Folks, I'll tell you this. The most valuable thing I have is my time. I'd 10,000 times rather give people some money than my time. My time is precious. I don't have a lot of it. But I'll tell you, maybe God's going to ask you for some time. Maybe God's going to ask you to walk away from an old crowd. Maybe there's some friends you've been keeping. Maybe there's some acquaintances you've been dallying around with that you know better than. And God's going to lay it on your heart to get up on your hind feet and walk away from them. It's going to cost you something. See, David said it's not right. He said, I can't offer to God that which costs me nothing. And folks, I'll tell you today, what most of us bring to God is what costs us nothing. And we say, God, look at what I'm bringing to you. And God says, big deal. It didn't cost you anything. There's no sacrifice in your sacrifice. That didn't cost you anything. I, 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 I pray good and well. Maybe people will be impressed, but I'm not. I look at that story of our Savior as he watched the offering box in the back and there was a little widow lady and she came and she dropped in two mites and Jesus said, whoop, praise God. He said, that cost her something. He said, that just wasn't her excess. That just wasn't her surplus. That wasn't her nest egg. That was everything she had. He'd watched a whole bunch of rich guys drop big amounts in. And I'm sure they did it like many rich guys today do. Say, oh, I'm, I'm donating a bunch of money to this place. I'd like my name on a plaque in the back and make a big deal of me. The widow said, I'm nobody, but this is all I got. I wish I had more.
maybe God is going to ask you to pay a price and young people and adults, maybe it's your dreams. Hey, parents, I know you got wishes for your kids. I do too. And I got to tell you, sometimes my dreams aren't the most biblical. I want my kids to be financially well off. Any other parents like that? Man, I want my kids never have to worry about anything that I worried about. I don't. I want them to have easy street. I want it to be good. But maybe God's going to have you give up your dreams for your kids. A young person, maybe God's going to ask you to give up your dreams. Young adult, maybe God's going to ask you to give up what you've always desired. And you're saying, but, but, but that's what I want. That's what I live for. That's my dream. God's going to say, can I have it? It's going to cost you something. See, David said it's not right to offer something to God that which cost me nothing. He said, Aruna, you are a great man. He said, Aruna, you are a godly man. And by the way, that site is where the temple of Jerusalem was built. Aruna was a, was a famous man. That used to be his land. But David said, I can't do that. He said, it's not right. He said, that didn't cost me anything. He said, if I'm going to follow Christ, if I'm going to serve God, it has to cost me something. And my friend this morning, when we see our Savior, I promise you this, whatever we did, however much we served, however much we gave, I can guarantee you this, no matter if you gave all for Him, and I greatly doubt there's anyone in this room in that case, or in that state, but if we gave all for Him, I can promise you, when we see our Savior for the first time, we'll truly realize how insignificant it was. And we'll say, God, I wish I had, as, as Nathan Hale said, I regret I have to give but one life for my country. We'll see our Savior and say, I regret that I have but one life to live for you. Because we'll see what He did with perfect eyes and with perfect understanding. We'll see how much he gave. We'll say, man, I, Lord, I gave everything I had, but I wish I could have given more. But I wonder about those of us today who say, well, when the kids are grown, then I'll get serious. When things slow down at work, I'll begin to serve you. When my life, you know, it, it's just, it, it, there's so much going on right now. I just don't have, I just can't, I just can't find a. I wonder how we'll feel when we walk in front of our Savior. And as I said, with perfect understanding, realize all that he gave for us. And say, I gave next to nothing for you. I didn't forsake anything. I didn't give anything. It didn't cost me anything. I just played a game. And I wonder this morning. I truly wonder. How awful we'll feel. You say, oh, there's no tears in heaven. I will say this, I think there's going to be a lot of regrets before everything's said and done. Now those tears will be wiped away and they'll be gone forever. But when we realize what our Savior did, my friend, I promise you this, you wish you could go back and you wish you could give Him 
more. Hey, God, I want it to cost me something to serve you. God, I want to have, I want to sacrifice for you. God, I want to live for you. God, I want to serve you. Good. Good. Because God is going to ask you to forsake all for him. God is going to ask you to carry a cross. And God is going to ask you to pay a price. My friend today, why are you here? Why are you here? And I beg you to answer that question. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Friend, I hope you want to serve the Lord. I hope that's your heart's desire. You say, Pastor, what does God want from me? I don't know. I have no idea. I know a few things from the Bible that he'll desire. And I can show you those. First and foremost is that you be born again. If you're here without Christ, the thing God wants most for you, and I can guarantee you this, is that you'd accept his only begotten son that he sent for us. Christian, after a few basic things, getting baptized, reading your Bible, Praying, being in church, giving that tithe to the Lord Jesus. God's going to ask you to do some things. And my friend today, are you willing to pay a price? Are you willing to pay a price? One day you'll meet your Savior. What a day that will be. Will it be with a heart that is thankful that you gave what he gave to you? Will it be a heart of remorse that says, I had my chance and I did nothing with it? Oh, friend, today, let, let the Holy Spirit of God speak to you. As the instruments begin to play, if the Lord's touched your heart, you come to the altar. <laughs> Folks, we'll be dismissed in just a moment. I do want you to know that whatever you give to God, and I pray you give him all, 
He'll not take it and waste it. It will not be in vain. What you give to God, I promise you this will last for eternity. What better investment could we make today? Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Brother Moore, 